and welcome to the first ever episode of the Profiles in Injury Prevention podcast presented by the University of Michigan Injury Prevention Center. The Injury Prevention Center is one of nine injury control research centers funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Our interdisciplinary center conducts, translates, and accelerates injury prevention research into practice and policy to reduce the burden of injuries across the Great Lakes and the U.S. As a center, we're proud to support the training and education of future injury scientists through pilot funding for innovative research projects, our internship program, and through the Certificate of Injury Science that we sponsor through the University of Michigan School of Public Health. We've created this podcast series with students and trainees in mind to introduce our partners, share information about careers in injury prevention, and build community among students and professionals working in the field. I'm your host, Amy Rooker. I've worked as a coordinator for the Injury Prevention Center since July of 2019. This is my first job in injury prevention since graduating with a Master's of Public Health in May of 2019. I'm excited to use my perspective as someone early in their career and new to the field of injury prevention to help current students and trainees discover the field as well. I'm so excited that the first guest on the Profiles in Injury Prevention podcast is someone who I have the pleasure of working with. We will be speaking with Deltavier Robertson. Deltavier holds a Master's of Public Health from the Rollins School of Public Health at Emory University, and she is currently the Michigan Core Violence and Injury Prevention Program Coordinator with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. So without any further ado, Deltavier Robertson. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So as you mentioned, I am the project coordinator at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, and I specifically work on a very unique project that is a CDC program that addresses four injury focus areas. Those include child abuse and neglect, motor vehicle crashes, intimate partner sexual violence, and traumatic brain injury. And so that's a lot (laughs) to cover, but I love what I do and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about what it looks like to work in injury prevention. Before we dive into our conversation with Deltavier, you may be wondering, what is injury prevention? Well, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services defines an injury as an unintentional or intentional damage to the body resulting from acute exposure to thermal, mechanical, electrical, or chemical energy, or from the absence of such essentials as heat or oxygen. This is a very broad and wordy definition, but what does it actually mean? If you're like me, when I first heard of injury prevention, I thought of all the times I fell off my bike and skinned my knees as a kid, or got hit with a basketball in gym class. And while, yes, those are injuries, Injury scientists work to prevent some of the most common causes of injury, like opioid overdose, violence, older adult falls, and more. So now that we know more about what injury prevention is, let's hear more from Deltavier about why it's important to her. So like you, it was not on my radar. So when I was in grad school, I don't even think I took a course that really touched on injury prevention explicitly. And I kind of stumbled into this field, even though injury prevention has always been kind of, or injuries is all around us, right? And so um, I grew up 
in a neighborhood in Miami that had uh, high rates of violence, for example, high rates of gun violence, uh, drug use, drug overdose, things like that. But I didn't classify those as injuries or uh, I didn't look at that as injury prevention in terms of the public health approach to addressing those issues. So I've come to understand injury prevention as being very crucial to public health because it includes both intentional and unintentional injuries. And those intentional injuries really are things like violence, right? And so um, injuries are the leading cause of death for people ages one to 44 in the United States of America. And that also holds true for the state of Michigan. It's pretty much uh, a leading cause of death for almost all of those different age groups. So it's something that's worth our attention in public health. You heard that right. According to the latest CDC data, in 2018, injuries were the leading cause of death for Americans age 1 to 44. In the first half of life, more Americans die from injuries than from any other cause, including cancer, HIV, or the flu. And deaths are only the tip of the iceberg. Each year, millions of people are injured and survive, many of whom are faced with lifelong mental, physical, and financial problems. But why do we care so much about this? Because these injuries and deaths are preventable. You might think, but wait, aren't these just random accidents? No, injuries are definitely preventable if we take a public health approach to them. I'll let Deltavier explain. And another important part of injury prevention in public health is that public health is all about primary prevention, right? And so one of the main points about injury prevention is that we understand they're, they're, they are not accidents, meaning that they just don't happen out of the thin air. They are predictable and preventable, right? And so because we know they are pre predictable and preventable, we can do something about it. We can you, there are programs that we can support that can help us to reduce or eliminate things like car crashes or things like uh, opioid misuse. And so we are very intentional about how we frame injuries. And that is very much a public health approach. Absolutely. I think uh, your point about reframing uh, that injuries are not accidents is really important. Um, I remember I was a kid, I was known as the accident prone child because I would trip and fall constantly. And I told my mom that I was going into injury prevention and she was like, that's perfect for you. And I was like, no mom, it's actually opioid overdoses and brain injuries and all the, all these things. And um, I just find that so fascinating, and I think that's really important um, how we talk about health and things that affect us really, um, I think, guides how we go about viewing these issues, and injuries are no different. So you had mentioned living uh, and growing up in Miami, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how you got involved in public health in the first place. I know that you have um, a really interesting past and I'd love to tell our viewers more about it. Absolutely. So yes, I am from Miami, Florida and um, I, like a lot of people that end up in <laughs> public health, I did not know anything about public health. I um, studied 
biology in undergrad at the University of Miami, and I really thought I was going to go into medicine. I didn't even know public health existed. No one told me about that. And I was sort of unsure about what I wanted to do after undergrad. I was starting to feel like I didn't want to do medicine because I was really specifically interested in community health, aspects of health disparities and root causes of um, these disparities such as racism, sexism, classism, because these were things that I was personally experiencing and observing. Of course, I didn't have the language at the time, but what happened was I decided to join the Peace Corps. So for those who don't know about the Peace Corps, it's an exciting program that you can do out of um, undergrad to basically go abroad and to certain um, countries that invite Peace Corps volunteers to um, work in different um, sectors. And so I worked in health because of my biology degree. And I basically was a health education specialist, which essentially is public health. And while I was there, I was in um, Mali, which is in West Africa. And I had the opportunity to really just dive in <laughs> and do public health, right? So I did a lot of nutrition education, general health education, maternal and infant health promotion. And I actually did some injury prevention in terms of facilitating um, community or village level conversations around the health impact of female circumcision, because that is a huge uh, concern in Mali uh, with young girls. And so that was something that the community, um, some community leaders wanted my uh, assistance in facilitating those dialogues. So uh, that was kind of my in you know, my entry into the field of public health. And then from while I was actually in Mali, because I was there for two years, I went ahead and applied for Emory University, Rollins School of Public Health, and I got in. And then I literally started, I ended my Peace Corps service, I think in July of 2007. And I started at Emory in August of 2007. That's a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, so it was just <laughs> diving in, but um, I, I learned quickly that uh, my global health experience, I think, really impacted my ability to make certain connections um, that we were learning in the textbooks and in research studies, but I had the opportunity to um, really do it in the field. How did you yourself come to be working as a public health consultant with the state? Absolutely. So prior to my current position, I was in Miami, I went back to Miami after grad school and I got a job with the Florida Department of Health in Miami-Dade County. And that is, uh, I was doing violence prevention work in a specific neighborhood at that time. And the grant that I was working on was kind of coming to an end. And although my position was not ending, it was not you know in jeopardy or anything like that, I did see that as the prime opportunity to kind of try something new, expand my, uh, my wings a little bit, if you will, I wanted to get some experience at the state level. So I was working for the, for the county essentially, um, and I wanted to see what it would like, what it'd be like to work at the state level. And so I have a close friend and colleague who referred me to a position in Michigan with the Department of Health and Human Services. It was with the Injury and Violence Prevention Unit. So it was like a perfect, fit for me and um, I just applied and I got it and went from there. So um, I guess I was just open to uh, moving and it was already kind of aligned with what I was already doing and I had the specific skills that they were looking for. 
As I mentioned before, Deltavier coordinates the Core State Violence and Injury Prevention Program, or CORESFIT for short, which is a CDC-funded program. Michigan is one of 23 states to receive CORESFIT funding, and the goal of the program is to address specifically child abuse and neglect, traumatic brain injury, motor vehicle crash and injury death, and intimate partner in sexual violence. What would you say kind of a day um, or a week in the life <laughs> of your job kind of looks like? Well, you know, there's pre-COVID. <laughs> Absolutely. -COVID, right. But in general, I would say a lot. I am a, I am a program coordinator. And I would say in general, a lot of what we do is communication. So I do a lot of emails and follow-ups. I send a lot of resources to my partner, so a lot of technical assistance, um, as well as a lot of meetings. I facilitate a lot of meetings because it's part of my program. We do have a stakeholder group, which is a multi-sectoral stakeholder group from um, within the injury and violence prevention uh, field. And so I, I design the agendas and I facilitate those meetings and follow-up action items. Um, and so a lot of what I do is writing. It's a lot of writing, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of emails, and it's a lot of um, like Zoom calls. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if it wasn't COVID, it would be, you know, a mix of Zoom and a mix of in-person meetings with those partners to come together. Um, but that's probably like 75% of what I do. There's also just the logistical part of managing a grant you know what I mean and so there's the budget part of it that you that I'm responsible for kind of keeping track of the dollars and keeping track of the work plan and making sure that we're on track to do what we told our grants our grants that we were going to do and so um, that is a big part of what it means to be a program coordinator basically I'm responsible for all aspects of the program and I also um, do a lot of kind of nurturing those partnerships right it's really mm -hmm. it's, it's a really important role because we can't get anything done without our partners right and so I yeah. identify partners and I kind of just um, maintain those relationships with those partners absolutely um, and so who are some of those partners that you work with as part of uh, the chorus fit project Absolutely. So I would say some key partners are going to be the Children's Trust Fund of, of Michigan, um, Michigan State Police Office of Highway Safety Planning. We work with lots of schools to implement some of our um, safe dates uh, program. And we also work with the Brain Injury Association because one of our focus areas is traumatic brain injury. We work with a lot of safe kids coalitions because they do a lot of the child passenger safety work that we do. Um, just so many uh, hospital partners, trauma injury partners um, that collaborate with us in terms of education and also the child passenger safety work. So those are some of our partners. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm really happy to also be one of your partners. <laughs> yes, and, you, and of course, you know, the city of Michigan, oh my goodness, Injury Center, um, you guys are like a core partner, um, not only with my program, but with all of the programs in our section, so absolutely. Very true. I have so many MDHHS meetings on my calendar. <laughs> I cannot keep track. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about um, the 
the injury prevention section that you work in within the Department of Health? Yes, so um, the Department of Health, we do have a standalone injury and violence prevention section. And my program is just one of many in that section. We also have a rape prevention and education program. We have a suicide prevention program. We have the Michigan Violent uh, Death Reporting System program. Um, we have the Michigan Overdose Data to Action program. And that one is focused a lot on opioid use and misuse. Um, and so those are some areas. We also just have like an overarching unintentional injury coordinator that kind of handles everything else from falls to fires to drownings. Um, and so there's so many programs within our section, so much great work that is happening. Side note, if you're interested in learning more about all of the amazing injury and violence prevention work that the state of Michigan is doing, please go online to michigan.gov forward slash MDHHS and click on safety and injury prevention to check it out for yourself. Okay, back to Deltavier. And so what, um, what has been your experience kind of working with the state um, versus um, working at the county level and also working directly with the community in, um, in your Peace Corps experience? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I came from kind of a local county level in Miami and that really looks like, I loved it. It, it was very direct work with people with individuals with specific organizations in the community. I was on a first name basis. I went to a lot of community events, even outside of work hours. Um, I facilitated a lot of community meetings. So it was very hands-on, like in the community, um, interacting with individuals that you are working with and working for. And that was awesome. Um, and the difference between that work and the work that I do now with the state of Michigan is really that now I'm working at the state level. And so I have less direct connection to individual communities or individual organizations. I don't know every person that I represent in the state of Michigan, obviously, um, but, and I, and I have a lot more responsibilities because just of the fact that I'm working at the state level, I have access to more resources. I have the ability to weigh in on big decisions such as front, funding decisions, you know, whether certain agencies are going to get funded or not. I get to help decide on certain priorities within our section or even sometimes within our division. I get to weigh in on just lots of really critical in, in decisions that I did not really get to do in, uh, in my position in Miami. I also get to do some policy level education, which is awesome. Um, and the great potential to impact the entire state of Michigan and to work with my partners, as you mentioned, to reduce uh, injuries and violence um, in the state and to improve quality of life. And so it's very different. I think it speaks to different aspects of my personality. I am an introvert, so there's some part of me that enjoys sitting in a cubicle and interacting that way, like through the computer and the phone. But there's, there are times where I miss that um, relationship, you know, authentic relationships that you get to do when you're in the community and really becoming part of the family. And, um, and also like really seeing the results, you know, if, you, if you're able to see like going to schools and see kids start their first day of school or something like that, you don't get the same 
you know, um, connection to the results or even the success stories, but you are working with your partners who are doing that work. And so it's, it's a trade-off. It's definitely a trade-off, but I think both of them are important. So as someone who recently started my own career in injury prevention, before I let her go, I of course had to ask a seasoned vet like Deltavier what advice she would offer students and trainees who are interested in starting their own careers in injury prevention or any area of public health. And I must say, she had some great thoughts. I would love to talk a little bit more about <laughs> so some advice for current master's students in public health who are interested in injury or who are looking to start their careers just in public health. And one thing that I think you could probably speak to is your global health Mm -hmm. perspective. Um, I know a lot of students that I've spoken with in the past are very interested in learning more about global health as well as injury prevention. Yeah. And I've, I've gotten those questions before. I would say part of my global health experience was looking for accessible opportunities to get global health experience. So there's Peace Corps, there's other global international um, volunteer organizations that are out there that you can um, seek out for those experiences. From what I um, know, a lot of jobs, if you are interested in going into the global health like field as a profession, a lot of them want some experience with working in that kind of a global setting or international setting. So you want to look for those opportunities, whether it's study abroad or something like that, that puts you, you know, out of the country and kind of gives you a different perspective. Also learning a foreign language, a lot of times is going to give you an advantage. I did not, that's one good thing about the Peace Corps. You don't have to know a foreign language. They will teach you. So um, not to plug the Peace Corps, but just to offer that as a possibility if you can't afford yourself to maybe pay for that trip. Um, But it's a part of just gathering research and information about what you want to do as far as a career in injury prevention and um, maybe talking to leaders in the field, talking to leaders in injury that are global. There's so many areas, man, there's like USAID and so many different organizations that work on, you know, outside the country that may have some opportunities for you. So don't be afraid to send those, (laughs) send those emails, right? Those, um, informational requests type of emails where you're just kind of picking their brain. I mean, that's really what it is. After you finished uh, your master's, um, kind of where did you go from there? I think this is something that I went through too when I was in my master's program and um, I was like, okay, well, I now know what public health is. Um, I know I want to work in it, but I don't know where to go from here when I'm looking for a job. Um, I have no idea what position titles to look for. So one thing that jumped out at me when you were talking about the Peace Corps was that um, you were a health education specialist, which, as you said, that is public health. And so I think that's something um, a lot of students maybe might not know of actually what is available to them in public health and in injury prevention. Um, So kind of 
when you were looking for your first job out of your master's program, um, where did you go? Uh, and do you have any advice for some students who may be graduating as well? Yeah, I was clueless. I am a first-generation college graduate and graduate, graduate, graduate school graduate, right? So public health is totally foreign to my immediate family. I didn't have them to kind of turn to and ask questions about career options. And what I did was I asked some of my peers that were in classes with me. A lot of times in these you know, programs, you're doing internships, right? You have access to um, public health organizations. You have access to your professors who are also public health practitioners. And so I had a mentor at Emory and I asked her lots of questions about what does it look like to, to go into the field of public health? What does that actually look like? I also had really, I would say, varied or diverse experiences while I was in school. So I had the opportunity, yes, to work on research, but also to do uh, Emory Prevention or not, yeah, Emory Prevention Research Center, which was a really cool kind of research and training opportunity. So um, just having that uh, experience. And then I think what I would say is ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, your professors or even some of your, your peers, you know, what ideas they may have about public health professions. And also Google, <laughs> Google is your friend, you know, you can Google, you can go um, onto different job boards. And I think that's a really good practice. In fact, now, if you're still in school, I would recommend going to Indeed or Glassdoor or something like that and just and just start researching public health jobs. And you can literally type in public health jobs and then just start reading those job descriptions. And that will really give you some uh, some good ideas about what speaks to you. What are the job titles that you should be applying to? What are the qualifications? things like that and maybe compile a list, right? That really of the job titles that speak to you and or even some of the organizations that really um, you're really interested in working for and seeing, you know, going to their websites. For example, if you're interested in public health and you're in Michigan, maybe go to the MDHHS website and look under the careers and see what those job titles are and look at the job description. So those are just some ways that you can go about it. Awesome. That Those are such good tips. Um, definitely, I would echo speaking to your professors and um, networking. I know networking can be a very scary word for some people, myself included. But um, yes, definitely, if you have a professor who you think is a good mentor, ask them for help. And every connection I've made has been so important in getting me to where I am today. Um, so I, yes, I absolutely echo that. Lastly, I asked Altavia what she wanted listeners to really take away from this podcast. And folks, it was such a great answer. I almost got teary eyed. Okay, so maybe that's an exaggeration, but her response definitely reinvigorated me in my own work. I think it's important to remember your why. So I want to let you know that this work is important. It's necessary, it's challenging, and it is overlooked to an extent. 
Um, think about the current moment we are in, COVID-19 being at the forefront. Uh, infectious disease right now is the topic. It is the injury or it is the public health topic in concentration. And it's getting a lot of spotlight, of course, with the decline of vaccinations and things like that. But remember that injuries are a leading cause of death for people ages one to 44 in the United States. That means that it's really important. Um, and we know we talked about earlier, they are preventable and predictable. And so there are many lives that can be saved by choosing this career path. And also remember that injury prevention intersects with other chronic disease areas such as diabetes, think about falls, such as intimate partner um, violence prevention, think about HIV, for example. And so it all kind of intersects with injury to a point. And so I would say, Think, think, think through that lens that we're not just a separate focus area, but that we do uh, cross many different um, health topics and health areas, and that um, you know that this is an important area to go in because a lot of people are, are suffering. And so I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind as you go about your, your career path and your career journey. Absolutely. Yeah, this is definitely not a siloed field field at all. Um, definitely work with um, policymakers and people from all different types of medical specialties and all across the board. Um, and even especially during COVID, we're seeing mm -hmm. um, a lot of opioid overdose increases um, during the pandemic. And so Right again, injury and prevention. Yeah. It, yes, absolutely. Also, um, elevated concerns about suicide and mental health and domestic violence, as well as child abuse. So, um, really important things to keep at the forefront of our mind, even though um, our priority is infectious disease during the pandemic. Correct. Absolutely. Awesome. But yeah, sky is the limit. I think go for it. I think what I would just say is. Do not be afraid to reach out to folks. A lot of us in the field, we want we want more people. We need more people in public health. We need more people in injury prevention. So send that email, make a phone call and um, see where it takes you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Del Xavier, for being our first guest um, in our new Profiles in Injury Prevention podcast series. Um, I enjoy working with you so much on our course fit project and it's been so great to have you um, be our first podcast guest as well. It's been a pleasure and you, you did a great job, Amy. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, we will see the final product. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thank you so much um, again and I will let you get back to your day. All righty. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Like Deltavier said, we're always excited to welcome new people into the field of injury prevention, and we hope you'll join us. I look forward to speaking with more injury scientists and asking them to remember their why as our Profiles in Injury Prevention podcast series continues. From all of us at the University of Michigan Injury Prevention Center, thank you again to Deltavier Robertson and to you, our listeners. If you're interested in learning more about injury prevention and our center's work, you can find us online at injurycenter.umich.edu or on Twitter 
at UM Injury Center. Online, you'll find information about becoming a member of the center, our certificate in injury science, our free online courses on adolescent injury prevention and the opioid epidemic, plus so much more. Until next time, I'm Amy Rooker. Goodbye.